Jonathan. I mean, wait, no, it's not Jonathan. It's <laughs> Joshua. Joshua Wald. Welcome to Crossword. Happy to be here. Thank you. So your brother, Jonathan Wald, has ditched me this week because he's busy preparing and traveling to WordCamp US uh, in, where is it this year? It's it's somewhere near Washington, D.C., right? Harbor City. Oh, I should know this, but it's close to D.C. Somewhere in the United States, that country over across the pond. And so in his place, I have, some would say the next best thing. Others would say something even better. <laughs> his, uh, his brother, Joshua, who also, as it turns out, has had an exciting career in WordPress. I was thinking recently about the first WordPress dashboard I used. This might have been a crossword episode a few months ago. I, I it, Time blurs. But I remember the horizontal one where I would put my, my cursor up to the top to expand down. And my first WordPress website would have been 2005. 2005. So it's kind of just continued on since then, making sites for clients and personally. And then you and I both working together at an agency a few years ago and me getting involved in core. Um, so I've been around the block a little bit, but I never feel like I am the person who knows anything, right? And, and I think there's so much more to keep learning. So I, I, <laughs> I guess I could be considered a WordPress expert by someone who knows nothing, but I, I know others who have 10 times more experience than me. I think that, you know, it's, what do they say, turtles all the way down? You know, I have a lot of experience in WordPress, but I also know others who have a lot more experience than me. Uh, so, you know, we're in good company. At the moment, Joshua, one of the things you do, which I think is absolutely unbelievable, is you will take a plugin and tear it to bits. No, you'll you'll do a onboarding slash UX uh, workflow review. And I've seen these on Twitter where you'll just do a video walkthrough of, of a plugin and you say, oh, look, point, point out, oh, this isn't great for UX, but this is really nicely done. Where can that be? Where can I, where can I point people to for that? Yeah, I have a little site, onboardwp.io, where I've posted a bunch of teardowns that I've done. So you can just scroll through them. You can kind of get a sense for these principles that I'm starting to lay out for What's the best practice for a good plugin? When you press, the moment I press the activate button in my WordPress dashboard, what should I expect a plugin to do? And it's been really fun finding patterns of plugins that do things well and don't do things well. So it's a, a loving roast <laughs> of popular plugins. And I, I just saw WooCommerce released their massive onboarding update and it's on my list, I want to go through and do a new teardown to see if it's improved some of the principles that I've called out. Yeah, man, I've been thinking a lot over the years, as you know, of me, Jonathan too, we've been doing it live on this podcast of like, what makes a good plugin, you know? And for me, a big part of that is that it's got to feel native. It's got to feel like it belongs inside the WordPress admin. I really like some of the onboarding stuff that Mike, is it Mike McAllister, I think, is doing with Ollie? He's creating this onboarding experience into WordPress itself that feels like it's native to WordPress, which is really exciting. What sort of things do you think make a good plugin? And I, I want to touch really quickly on what Mike's doing. He's almost taking something, the essence of Gutenberg, 
with a dash of WordPress old and like splashing it together into something new. And I'm just impressed. I've only like seen the visuals. I haven't really explored, but just kudos to Mike for this is a very talented thing to pull off. <laughs> yeah, man. What makes a good plugin? I I like to think of three levers that you can pull for having a good plugin. And the terminology will change based on the business. So I'm not too worried about the exact wording, but you need to get someone in the door. That's your first lever. So that's marketing. That's not really my concern when I'm personally helping someone out with a plugin. The next is you need to convert them to an aha moment to be a happy user. And then the last one is you need to keep them around because the product has utility. So those are the acquisition, activation, and retention are three levers I like to pull. Oh, I really like that triad. Yes, it was a a founder I used to work with that kind of put that into my brain and I've kept it ever since. So when I'm doing an onboarding review, I can only possibly be looking at the middle lever and I'm very aware of that. I'm looking at how can I convert them to that aha moment to be an activated user. And I'll tell founders this, hey, you've got those other two levers. That's your job as the founder, but I can help you with this middle one right now. Um, So with that middle lever considered, I want to look at when I start installing a plugin, does it do the thing that the first lever promised? I came here because there was a promise that it's going to solve a pain point. So my first gut thing is, is that point pain point being solved from the moment I press activate, I should see, it's called an, in the business, it's called the ideal customer profile or ICP. I should see some kind of messaging that says, Joshua, you're suffering this pain. The plugin's going to help you. So that's often an illustration or a photograph or a video with a headline that says, get ready to have your life better with this plugin installed. So that's the first thing I'm looking for because the plugin could have every technical perfect solution in the world, but if it's not telling someone that it's going to help them, it's almost meaningless. So that that's one. Oh, can I disagree with you though? Because like my favorite types of plugins are plugins that don't tell you anything. The the plugins that you activate and maybe there's like a settings link next to the activate and or deactivate button in that plugins list. Maybe you have to go hunting around the tools menu or something like that. But there's no nothing in the sidebar. There's no onboarding. There's no notices. There's nothing. That's my that's how I prefer a plugin. I'm when you're installing a plugin, are you installing it as someone who is getting a bunch of plugins ready to go to get a website to the point you need? Because I bring that up. I've talked to multiple developers and they often have a checklist of 10 plugins that they're going to run through really quickly. And they don't want a single plugin standing out and getting in their way. So they're doing bulk activate. They're running through. So from that mindset, I completely agree. If, however, you're look, thinking of a single problem today, it is nice for the plugin to hold your hand a little bit. Very cool. Very cool. That, those three things that you mentioned align really nicely with this like founder, uh, what do you call that chart with the circles and they overlap? Oh, Venn diagram. Venn, yeah, yeah. I call it the, the Zen Venn for founding a software project, which is I think that you need, you need marketing right? Or maybe in some cases sales, but I usually prefer marketing. And so, cause people need to know about the product. Otherwise, what's the point you need design. And so you need to hire a marketer. You need a founder who's a marketer. You need a founder who is a designer who not only knows what looks nice, but can do some product design, UX design. And then you also need a developer 
who can technically architect this thing and build it and engineer. And those three circles, they're not uh, completely separate from one another. They're Venn, right? They should overlap together. So your uh, developer should have a little bit of experience in design and sort of know what sort of marketing they like. And your marketing person should understand some of the technical, you know what, you understand what I'm saying. And so I think that there's this like perfect founder situation where you can have three founders and you know two is not quite enough because you know you could have a falling out there could be things there for you're splitting the equity too small so and also you want an odd number so so three i think is just this perfect number and it i think it aligns well with those three points that you made right each person should be responsible for a different aspect the uh, the marketer responsible for making sure people know about it, the designer making sure that people have that aha moment and are able to find exactly what they need, and the developer making sure that the thing actually works and can solve the problems long-term for them. I, I think a well-functioning company in the future, having all three of those is critical. I don't know if you need all three of those to sell an initial idea for venture capital or to bootstrap something early. If you have two of them, you probably can kind of make it work far enough to get the idea running. The the reason I say that, um, there's a developer that has a relatively popular WordPress plugin and he has the last lever. He has fantastic functionality that if you've already heard about him and if you've already been convinced the plugin can work, he's best in class for that. And that's been enough to get him enough income to get an idea running. Now he's he's going out and trying to get an... That's why we're talking because I might help him with that middle lever. And then he he's talking to someone else to maybe help him with the first. So I, I guess to not overwhelm someone who may be trying to start out, you can start with one, but ultimately you do need all three. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. But you know what you really do need, though? that You do need a developer from the very get-go. You, you can't be hiring out this stuff, man. I've been thinking about this a lot this week. You, you can tell. I've, so, so you, as you know, I'm on the plugin review team. You can tell when a plugin is outsourcing development to... It's not about cheap people. It's not even about bad people. Do you know what it's about? It's not about bad development practices. It's not about PHP code standards or anything. It's about people who actually care, right? And when you're paying people next to nothing who don't know you from a bar of soap, who have no uh, level of investment in your product, you're going to end up with a bad code base. It might work, barely, but you'll get bugs. It'll take forever to add new features. It's going to be hard to maintain. And moving forward it's like it's like pulling trying to tow a car with no wheels right tow a caravan with no wheels or badly balanced or whatever you sorry i'm ranting a little bit but like i really think it's super important from the get-go if you're starting a plugin to get the code base neat tidy well organized with good development practices in place you need a developer founder who cares Does, does that make sense does that do you think that fits? I, I have been racking my brain to think of a company that I care about that hasn't done that. And I am coming up empty, right? It, you can pay someone a set amount of an hourly rate to go develop something. But even if they're 
genuinely good at what they do, there's no incentive for them to care, or they got burned out in the past where, where they did care and they found out that it, the reward wasn't there, right? Because I have seen developers and designers work for peanuts, but someday they developed some self-respect, hopefully, <laughs> and said they're not going to do that anymore. Because that was me. I used to do that in the past. So for the longevity of a good plugin to exist, yeah, I agree. You need a developer and you actually could squeak by without marketing, without design, and at least have something that works well. Maybe no one will hear about it for a while, but it is something that solves the problem in a good way um, as a baseline at least. Good, that strokes my ego nicely. It's the supremacy of of engineers where much better and more important than those little designers and we definitely look down our noses at the product managers of the world. I, I will say uh, it's an overused example, but it's one that we're both very familiar with. Um, Apple would not have grown to the level it did without Wozniak and Jobs, right? You had engineering and you had product and marketing in two of them initially. And that uh, Jobs couldn't sell what Wozniak didn't build. And also Wozniak was probably one of the top developers in the world at the time, engineers truly to build that and i think it's just such a beautiful case uh, you called this out when you're we talking earlier this week microsoft same thing right you had your developer founder um and wozniak deeply cared but it took jobs to be able to sell it so i think designers if you're out there and wanting to start a new plugin or anything any software business it's different from hardware too right because hardware you run up against physics at some point you can't just do whatever you want you at some point it's like well sorry but physics doesn't work that way this metal won't just magically adhere to that plastic so you can't do it but with software you can kind of do whatever you want and so if you have developers that are just saying yes to everything you're going to end up with something that's hacky and partially broken in ways you don't realize so i think that's true so if you're if you're a designer what do you do? Like you want to start a plugin? Do you have to learn to code? I actually have been wrestling with this, right? I used to code before you and I joined XWP and I stopped when I got there because my coding level didn't, it was more cowboy, right? It didn't make sense for being part of a, a team, but I'm picking it back up again slowly because I'm seeing that if I can't at least take my ideas to what what we call front-end development with the CSS and the HTML, what it looks like, I'm going to be so crippled. And I've also started learning how do I modify a database? How do I at least call a database to be able to do a little bit of modification to show this bit of data and connect it? And I'm slowly, painfully learning that because I'm realizing either I need a co-founder who's a developer or I need to learn to do it. I don't think there's any way around it. 